You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. If you were not here last week, we started this series we're calling Truth Be Told. And we are looking at some of the uh, well-known stories that Jesus told in the Bible. And we said that um, as a people, we really like stories. Generally, we like stories. Again, how many of you here, you like stories? Okay, mahilig kayo, yan. And for some of us here, mahilig tayong gumawa ng storya. Okay, so, so both ways. But we like stories. Stories, uh, that's why even though there are movies that are two, three hours length, yet we will watch it as long as the uh, story, the plot is really good. I've watched movies that are three hours long. And I was able to pay attention, stick to it, because I like the story. So not only that we like stories, but stories are powerful. Uh, there is a, a stories as a way of explaining complex concepts and ideas and make it so, uh, so plain, so clear, uh, that even young people will be able to comprehend. It has a way of, uh, of when you tell a story... There's a way that we can identify with it. It resonates with us, the emotion. And so, not only that it informs us, but it, it inspires us and moves us into action. Uh, and I believe that's one of the reasons why Jesus, every time He will teach uh, spiritual truths, He would use stories to do that. That's why, that explains why we have 30 plus parables or stories in the Bible and this in this series for the eight weeks that we have, we are going to look at eight of the w- most well-known stories in the Bible, and we're trusting that God would use this not only to enlighten us, so that we would have a better understanding of God's word and God's will for our lives, but not that it will inspire us to actually follow God and do what He's telling us to do. And so, uh, last week we started with the parable of the sower, and today we're going to uh, look at the parable of the mustard seed. Okay? So before we do that, I know that you are excited to open your Bible. I'd like to invite you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes as we pray. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here safely. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for what we uh, get to enjoy here every week. We can come together. There's freedom to gather uh, there's, Lord God, we have the opportunity to hear your word. And so, Lord, we thank you. We, we pray, Lord, that uh, even at this very moment, as your word is preached, we pray that we will hear you speak. Lord, that we would know exactly, Lord, what you are speaking to us and what you want us to do in response to your word. So we thank you, Lord, that our hearts will be good soil and your word will bear fruit. 30, 60, and 100-fold. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, I'm going to dive in into the Word now. Uh, Luke chapter 13, uh, verse 18 to 19. Just two verses for today. And we're going to read the parable of the mustard seed. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? He's talking to the people and he's looking for a comparison. And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air 
made nest and its branches. So again, God was giving them a picture of how God's kingdom, uh, His rulership will be established not only in the world, uh, but in the life of every individual. You know, when we talk about the kingdom of God, of the, of God we're talking about uh, maybe two things. One, in general, the coming kingdom of God, where God will rule and reign over every area of society. There's is going to come and restore everything. But also, when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about God's rulership in every person's heart, in every person's, every person's life. God's rulership, He is Lord, and He is God. Um, and Jesus knew that their idea of the kingdom of God was militaristic, rule or reign of a king or a god. That was their background. In the Old Testament, you know, they're, they're thinking of King David and, and King Saul and King Solomon where there's this king who ruled over them and brought the, the blessings of God and, and the favor of God in their nation. They were invaded by the Romans. Uh, their life was hard. And so they'd been longing for the kingdom of God to be restored to Israel. But their idea is that there's this military leader or a political leader who would come and rescue them. So their idea of the coming kingdom was a militaristic rule and reign, which is very different from God's idea uh, of the kingdom of God. So uh, in order to help them understand how God plans to establish His kingdom, He gave them this parable, this picture of the mustard seed, which was so counterintuitive. It's very far from their idea. There's this force, might coming. And now God was telling them, no, that's not how it will be established in the world, in every individual. No, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. If you're one of the people during that time listening to the preaching of Jesus and he's talking about the kingdom and then comparing it to a mustard seed how many of you here you will not be very excited <laughs> what a mustard seed how can we be excited about that you know um, I'm sure looking at your faces some of you here in Abutan you papu yung encyclopedia way back before in the internet came Parents were heavily investing on encyclopedia. They will spend large amount of money to complete the set. Because that's very important for the future of their children. Because where do you get information? Where do you get knowledge? If you don't have your own library or encyclopedia, then medyo laki ng disadvantage. Today, we can fit all of that information and a billion more informations inside our pocket. Using our phone, if you have internet, you can do the Google search and every kind of information you need about engineering or, or, or architecture or videos, images, articles, name it. Whatever you need, you just have to search it and you're carrying it inside your pocket everywhere you go. You know, if somebody tried to explain it to us before. Siguro yung mga parents natin, kung ina-explain nila, alam nyo itong library, library nyo na to, hindi nyo na kailangan itong room na to, bulsa lang, pwede na. 
Hindi nila magigets. That's crazy. How can you fit all of this, all, all this information, these books? They're carrying it every day. Ang bigat. It, it's, this room is not even enough to store all these books. And now you're telling us that it's going to fit in this. Now, I'm saying that because I'm, I'm, I'm imagining maybe that's how uh, it, wa- it came to the people. When God was explaining to them, this is how it normally it will be done, even in the Old Testament or history thousands of years ago, it's always this way. This is how it's been done. There's going to be a ruler, a king, who would, and now you're telling us it's about the seed. So, and, and I believe it was a renewing of the mind. So today with the remaining time that we have, I want to focus on three words that Jesus mentioned in verse 18 to 19 in trying to explain to the people about uh, the nature of the kingdom of God. And then we're going to apply this in, in our own lives. And there are three words we can see in verse 18 and 19. The word seed, sowed, and grew. Let's start with the word seed. And here's a picture of a mustard seed. I tried to research in the internet kasi hindi, hindi ko sure ko nakakita na ako ng mustard seed. Alam ko lang gumamit na ako ng mustard sauce. Okay? Sa hot dog. Mustard seed, so small. So small. It looks insignificant and will take time before you see anything beneficial to come out of it. Parang if you start with that... <laughs> How many years are we going to wait in order for us to feel something or get something out of it? And God was just trying to uh, explain to them, letting them know that in the kingdom of God, normally it will not happen overnight. That's not how God works. Everything that God will reveal and accomplish in our lives, God will accomplish and reveal in stages. God will do it in stages. It will take time. And we know that by experience. You know, discipling people and waiting for the change to happen in their lives, it takes time. How many of you here, it took time for you before you actually made a complete turnaround and follow Jesus? It took me seven years. My sister and my siblings praying for me. It took seven years before I eventually surrendered my life to God. Seeing your whole family surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, it will take time. Some of you are praying for your family. Pastor Steve shared to us, it took him 20 years for his dad to give his life to Jesus. Reaching every campus, every city and every nation with the gospel will take time. Right now in San Juan, we have 200 plus students attending our weekly youth services. But if we are to reach every student in every campus in this city, it's not going to happen in just one semester. It will take time. Fulfilling your purpose and destiny in Christ will take time. Can you please turn to the person sitting next to you? Tell that person, it will take time. Receiving all the promises of God for you and your family will take time. It will happen in stages. And that's very important for us to know. The reason I'm trying to highlight that for us, because we're living in a culture wherein 
We don't like to wait. We like instant. How many of you here will be honest? It's a challenge for you to wait. Natitest yung patience natin. You know, we're so you. We want everything instant. Fast food, microwave, drive through express delivery, instant messaging, online banking, hook-up culture. Even our president is expected to deliver in 100 days. No matter how good you are, turning around this nation of more than 100 million people with all the complexity of our politics, economy, poverty, injustice, crime, and drugs, it's going to take more than 30 days. It's crazy to criticize a leader for serving for 30 days and expecting him to change our nation. It's not going to happen overnight. If God's kingdom is to come and to be established in this nation and in the life of every person, it's going to happen in stages. It's going to take time. And as a result of that, because we're so used to instant, we develop little tolerance for waiting. Pag naghihintay tayo, you know, we easily get irritated. We want to quit. Grabe, 10 minutes na tayo dito nakapila. Sa Jollibee na tayo, wag na dito. You know, we easily get offended. When it, comes to our, when it comes to our walk with God, sometimes when it comes to the promises of God, we easily quit. Sometimes when it comes to the destiny and the calling of God for our lives, we easily get discouraged. That's why God was explaining to them you know, I was having lunch earlier with some of our leaders here, and I was uh, sitting across Randall Chongson, one of our leaders here, and is, no, is known here in our nation, giving talks about finances, about our economy. And he asked me about my message, I shared to him some, and he told me that's very true, because every time I conduct financial uh, seminars and talk, Every time I talk about long-term investment, other nations would immediately think of 10 years. In the Philippines, every time I talk about long-term, the participants are thinking one year. <laughs> Three years, sobrang tagal na nun. <laughs> One year, you know, we, we don't want to wait. We want everything to happen right away. But it doesn't work that way in the kingdom of God. James 5, verse 7 to 8. That's why the Bible says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient. Tell the person sitting next to you, be patient. As you wait for the Lord's return, consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. The Bible is encouraging us, be patient, stay with it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep praying, keep believing, keep doing what God is telling you to do. Take courage. Don't lose heart. Be confident that that seed that God has planted, it's going to grow. The kingdom of God will come in your family. Your destiny will be fulfilled. The promises of God will come to pass. Be patient. Take courage. Don't throw away what God has given to you. And, you know, the seed don't only represent the coming kingdom of God, it also represents our life. Your life is a seed. Your calling is a seed. 
Your destiny is a seed. The vision and the dream that God gave you is a seed. When I was in college, God gave me a vision for my future family, future marriage. One time I was listening to a preaching and you know the preacher was giving this example and illustration about their family, how their children are walking in the Lord. And while I was listening to that preaching, God gave me a vision that I'm going to have a godly marriage and family. And I kept that as a young person. Along the way, a lot of things happened, a lot of discouragement, but that vision I held on. It's a seed. And every time there's a, uh, the word is preached in a gathering like this, God is scattering seed. I don't know what you're getting, but I just know God is planting something in your heart. There is a seed that God is planting. And I did a little research about seeds in preparation for this message and uh, I discovered something about the seed. Siguro nalimutan ko na nung high school and college. I'm sure we talked about this in school. I just forgot. I have here a picture, a diagram of a seed. And I'm reminded that every seed has everything it needs. It has a food supply so that when it's planted on the ground, it will survive. It's designed to survive because it has its food supply. Not only that, it has this seed coat that is thick and durable so that it will protect the seed from getting injured and getting crushed. So with the seed comes the provision and the protection. And I believe there is somebody here that God wants to encourage. God wants to assure you that with that seed that God has given to you comes the provision and the protection of God. It's going to survive. And not only that it's going to survive, it's going to thrive. So don't throw away the seed. Tell the person sitting next to you, don't throw away the seed. Be confident. Don't give up. Maybe that seed is, is God's calling for your life. Maybe that seed is a ministry in a seed form that God has given to you. Maybe that's your newborn child. But it's a seed that God has given to you. And with that seed comes the provision and the protection of God. So don't throw away the seed. Second one is the word sowed. No, the seed... Every seed, it, it's loaded with potential. Someone said, you don't count the seed in an apple, but the apples in a seed. Because when you plant that seed, there's no telling how many more apples it can produce. Every seed, every life is loaded with potential. There is seed of greatness in each and every one of us. But unless that seed is planted or sowed, on the ground, it's not going to bring any good to you and other people. If that seed stays on the couch and not planted on the ground, it's not going to do anything beneficial to anyone. So I think one thing we need to understand about the kingdom of God is that if we want to reap, we have to sow. And if there's a need... We need to plant a seed. And that's how it works in the kingdom. We don't just pray. 
Lord, I pray for financial breakthrough. Lord, I pray for our marriage to work. But we're not planting love. We're not sowing honor. We're not giving, uh, we're not sowing in other people's lives. Then it's not going to work. We don't just pray. We sow. If there's a need, you need to plant a seed. And that applies in, in, in our finances. That applies in our relationship. Ministry, career, and life in general. You know, I want to encourage you. I was listening last Friday to the session of Pastor Oscar Murillo. Murillo. And I want to encourage you. This is available online. The sessions from the last Every Nation 2016 conference, the video we showed you earlier, the sessions are all there, available for download for free. And I want to encourage you to listen to the session of this man. And because I know maybe half of you will not do that, I want to share with you some of the things he mentioned in his message. And I was stirred up. I was encouraged. You know, if something inspired you, there's a big chance if you share it, it will inspire other people as well. And talking about sowing our lives... Sowing whatever God has given to us, so we will reap a harvest. He said, no great advances had been made for Christianity by men and women who were unwilling to give their lives. When we talk about the kingdom of God, bringing the kingdom of God where God placed us, in your workplace, in your campus, at home, in your family, wherever God placed you, there, no great advances had been made for Christianity by men and women who were unwilling to give their lives. Nothing is going to happen if we don't do anything. If we only think about ourselves, our comfort, our conveniences and personal ambitions. If we are not willing to take risk, if we are living for survival and playing safe, we will not take risk in investing and sowing our lives, our talent, and our resources. We will not. If our comfort is more valuable than obeying God's will for our lives. J.H. Jowett said, It is possible to evade a multitude of sorrows by cultivating an insignificant life. It's possible. To avoid, to evade a multitude of sorrows by cultivating an insignificant life. Self-preservation. Don't accomplish anything great things for God. And God is not calling us to live an insignificant life. God is not calling us to be safe. In the words of Pastor Oscar, God is calling us to be brave. To sow our lives. Last quote. Gary Huggin from the International Justice Mission. He said, here's the choice that our Father wants us to understand as Christians. And I believe this is the choice of our age. Do you want to be brave or safe? Because you cannot be both. Jesus did not live a safe life. He lived a brave life. And God is calling you and me to do the same. Jesus' disciples did not live a safe life. They live a brave life, a significant life. 
And that is what God is calling us to do in the kingdom of God. If we want the kingdom of God to advance, we need to sow our lives. We need to plant whatever God has given to us. How about us? Are you living a safe life or a brave life? You know, brave means obeying God no matter what the cost. Lord, it might cost my sleeping time. It might cost me my hobby. It might cost me some relationships. It might cost me some of my budget. But I want to be brave. I don't want to play safe. Brave. Brave means obedience no matter what the cost. Taking a step of faith outside of your comfort zone. To be brave means trusting God for the unknown. And you know why we can be brave? We can be brave because God is trustworthy. And brave is not the absence of fear. You know, Raymond was making fun of me earlier. Bago ako makit dito, ano mag-preach, you know. While they're singing, I was just trying to do this. Sabi niya, after so many times that you preach to a gathering like this. Sabi niya, kinakabahan ka pa rin. Sabi ko, it's not going away. <laughs> you know, brave is not the absence of fear. Every time I, I, I stand before uh, a great number of people like this, or even a small gathering like a victory group, sometimes I, it's still awkward for me. It's still uncomfortable for me. But I keep doing it, not because I don't have fear, but because I have faith that God will see me through. That God will give me the grace so that I'll be able to do what He has called me to do. Being brave is not the absence of fear, but having the assurance, the peace, that God who promised to be with you wherever you go will be there for you and supply whatever you need so that you will be able to serve His purposes and His will. God is calling us to be brave. John chapter 12, verse 24. Jesus explaining the purpose why He's coming to earth and why He needs to die on the cross. He said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. How many of you here, you want to have a fruitful life? You don't want just to, to cruise along and just think about yourself and your family, but you want to be able to impact so many lives of people. The Bible says it's not going to happen unless you die to yourself, unless you sow your life. And last thing is the word grew. You know, a, a astonishing growth from an ex- extremely small seed. In the story of Jesus, it, it grew and became a tall tree where even birds can come and rest on its branches. A tiny seed, the picture that I showed you, it did not stay small. In fact, it grew beyond people's expectation. How can that survive that small? Not only that, how can that sprout? And how can that grow? But that's the nature of the kingdom of God. It starts small 
It looks insignificant, but it's not going to stay that way. It's going to grow. Whatever God has started in your life, God will accomplish it and fulfill it. You know, in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, The gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. Just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Wow. Can you imagine from the original 12 disciples that Jesus gathered, 12 men. It grew to 120. Now, there are 2.2 billion people in the world professing to be Christians. 2.2 billion. That's almost 31% of the 6.9 billion people around the world. From 12 people. Some people thought that after Jesus was crucified on the cross, that's it. This minority religion will not survive. It will stay there and just give it a few months. It's going to be extinguished. But it's not. It kept growing even after Jesus died. In fact, the reason it grew is because Jesus died and resurrected from the dead. And it did not stay small. You know, in victory alone in our church... 32 years ago, we started with 100 plus students. And it's really a privilege. Every time I see Achi Annie here, 1986, she was there. Sorry, she was a student in the University of the East. 32 years ago, we started in Recto Avenue, 100 plus students. But we did not stay small. Now, from one location, we are in 13 locations in Metro Manila, 77 locations around the Philippines, and we are in 73 nations of the 196 nations around the world. Praise God for the increase and the growth that He gave us. And that was the picture that God was giving the disciples. He said, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's not going to happen overnight. That's why you need to persevere. That's why you need to persist. You need to endure. You need to be patient. Keep doing it. Keep showing up. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep sowing. Keep planting. Sow your life. And you're going to see it grow. There's no way to go but to go from strength to strength. Faith to faith. And glory to glory. That's the kingdom of God. And that will be the, the picture of our life as we follow God. Okay, ilan nung sayo dito, may katabi kayo, feeling nyo, yung katabi nyo nag-move na from glory to glory. Not the same person like before. Pag tumitingin ka sa salamin, napapahalleluya ka talaga. Thank you, Lord. From glory to glory. If you will look at your picture in your Facebook account, Three, five years ago, you will praise God for what Christ has done. Amen? Palakpakan naman natin si Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> glory to glory. Grabe na encourage kayo dun, ha? You know, it's going to grow. What God has started in your life, it's going to grow. Not because you are great, but because God is great. Not because you are strong, but because God is strong. Not because you are faithful, 
And I am faithful because sometimes we are not. But because God is faithful. That's why it will grow. You know what encouraged me about the kingdom of God? Is that the responsibility of making things grow is not on my shoulder. The responsibility of making things happen and bringing the increase is not on me. It's on God. If my family will become the family that God wants it to be, it's not because of me. It's because of Him. If this church is going to continually grow, it's not because of me. God can relocate me to another assignment. Pastor Joash can take my place. And this will continue to grow because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about God who makes things grow. Amen? It's all about God who makes things grow. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 to 7. What after all is Apollos? And there's this church divide. Some people are going to the side of Apollos. Some are going to the side of Paul. And they're saying Paul is better. Apollos is better. And Paul said, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. In verse 6, I planted a seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. What we have today, it's not because of, of our ability and our strength. It's God who made things grow. The blessings we have today, it's because of God's goodness in our lives. Sometimes we give ourselves too much credit for the success and the achievements that we have. But the truth is, without the air we breathe, without the health of our body, and without the goodness and the grace of God, every single day protecting us, sustaining us, and giving us knowledge and wisdom, and the skill and the ability we're using to build that business, that family, that calling, without all of this, we will not be here today. It's not about us, it's all about Him, who make things grow. That's why, you know, that encouraged me as we work as we live in the kingdom of God. You know, as I end, in light of that revelation, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And in light of that revelation, that God's kingdom will be established in our lives, in stages. It's not going to happen overnight. We have to persevere. And in light of the revelation that we need to sow and we need to plant, It's not always easy to plant. It's not always easy to give. In light of that revelation, how do we live our lives today? The Bible says, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Trusting and obeying God every day, even if we don't understand what He's doing. Even if we don't understand how things will happen, how things will work. Lord, I don't know how my dad will change. I don't know. But I will live by faith. I will trust. I will obey. I don't know how we can pay all these debts. I don't know God, but every day I will live by faith. I will trust you. I will obey. There are a lot of things I don't know. You know, there's this fascinating news article I read last Wednesday from Time Magazine about this woman who designed the Google self-drive driving car the first ever without the aid of a human driver no pedals 
no steering wheel. It can bring a person from point A to point B just by pressing a button. How many of you want to have a car like that? Pipindutin mo lang, no? Green Hills. This girl designed this car. But here's the catch. She's not a car designer. She's not. And here's the portion of the interview that's really interesting to me that I want to show you. She was asked several questions. And the, on the tail end, she was asked, you mentioned you're a product designer, so you never designed a car before. And she said, well, I probably had some classes on it when I was in school, but I never designed manufacturing cars before. <laughs> never. And I like the next question. Were you intimidated by that? You've never tried before. You never designed a car before. Were you intimidated? In my mind, she said, it was more of a benefit for me because I could think of more interesting ideas and think outside of the box because I don't know much about it. Not knowing too much about this is not actually a disadvantage. It's actually an advantage for me. She said, a lot of experienced designers have their routine and their style is built over time. It can be really hard for designers to think something completely different if they know too much about one area. <laughs> you know, some people know too much to be blessed and used by God. If something cannot be explained scientifically, mathematically, if it doesn't make, if it's not logical, if it's not practical, they don't do it. They don't do it. God cannot show up. God cannot move. God is put in a box. There's no freedom. And, and maybe you are that person today. And maybe you are saying, you know, looking at myself right now, my situation, what we're going through, my bank account, the way things are going, I don't know how God is going to do this. How it will grow, how it will happen. And that's okay. You don't have to know. One last time, turn to the person seated next to you. You don't have to know. Lord, how can I still fulfill my destiny, my calling? You you don't have to know. You don't need to know exactly how a car works before you ride or drive one. I don't. But I always ride the car every day. But I don't know exactly how it works. I don't need to have a degree in electricity for us to have light at home. Even if I don't know, we can have light at home. We don't have to know. You know, in the same way, we don't need to know everything before we obey, obey God. All we have to do is keep sowing, keep believing that God will accomplish everything that He promised. You know, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, talking about living by faith. Jesus said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed. Remember the picture I showed you? God said, if you only have that faith, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. Can we all say that? Can you declare that to yourself? Nothing will be impossible for me. Can you say that once again? Nothing is impossible for me. If you have faith 
as small as a mustard seed, nothing is impossible. God can accomplish His purpose and destiny for your life. You know why? Because it's not the size of the faith that matters. It's the size of our God that matters. It's not the size of our faith, but it's the size of our God. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's just pray right now. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for the seed you've scattered. Lord, thank you for the seed, Lord, that you've watered today. Lord, there are some of us here, Lord God, the dream, the vision, the calling, the destiny, you've ignited it, O God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that nothing is impossible for you, God. Thank you that we can speak to mountains and it will move in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for the new things that you're doing. Lord, I pray for for those of us here today whom you're talking, Lord, and, and calling them to take that step of faith, Lord. Go out of their comfort zone to make a decision starting today to live brave and not live safe. But to be brave, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for the faith, Lord, that you are releasing to them to obey you, God. Thank you for taking away the fear, God, and the doubts and the worries and the unbelief in their hearts. Thank you that today we are going to live brave. We are going to obey you. We are going to follow you. We are going to sow our lives. And we're going to see our seeds bear much fruit. Father, thank you for the fruit of, that, we're going, that will be produced, Lord, as we follow and as we obey you. In Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcast.